thanks for stopping by the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. You're listening to episode 132, and I'm your host, Susie Botello. My guest for this episode of the SBP podcast is Shola Ajayi. She is in upstate New York right now, but she is, um, how should I say this? Well, in one word, she's awesome. Uh, she is the founder of an organization in Lagos in Nigeria. Her, the organization is called You Are For Africa. She's also a filmmaker. She's an instructor in New York. And um, she is just uh, going to share some stories with you, some information. Uh, we've known her since February. Well, no, not since February. I think it was actually at the very tail end of 2017. Uh, but she recorded a uh, an episode with us, episode 19, which was published in February of 2018. That's where I was going with that. Um, I think you're going to love to listen to her. She's going to share some stories about Nollywood, about filmmaking in Legos, and uh, a lot of the things that she's learned about filmmaking and storytelling, uh, share some insights on the culture and how they actually accomplish filmmaking where they are. Um, I just wanted to share uh, just a little bit of news right now with you because I think it's important that you realize this so that you don't get upset with me later if you miss it. The deadline for the, this is the regular deadline, for the feature films uh, for that competition is October 19th. So that's just coming right around the corner. If you've got a feature film, you shot it on a smartphone. Now remember, 10% of the film can be shot and it will qualify if it was shot with any camera on a drone or with a drone camera, obviously, uh, to capture aerial shots. So don't miss that deadline, October 19th at midnight Pacific time. Uh, that's, that's it. I just wanted to make sure that I brought that up with you so that again, uh, you don't get upset if you miss it. And now let's go and let's talk to our friend Shola, shall we? SBP podcast and I have a good friend of ours here. She hasn't uh, been here at the SBP podcast since uh, 2018 in February, episode 19. And she is here for episode 132 from from (laughs) Connecticut, our friend Shola Ajayi. How are you? Hello. I'm feel, good. Thank you for asking. I feel like asking. we're doing Saturday Night Live. <laughs> uh, that was very Saturday Night Live. Very, very, very. Yeah, it was very performative. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Susie. Happy to uh, be chatting with you again. I am truly honored to have you um, back on our podcast. Uh, Ajayi, I, I want to ex- uh, share with our listeners just, just for a minute here, at least, Um how we met mm-hmm. um, because I received um, an email from you uh, mm-hmm. way back then, way back in the day, um, <laughs> and <laughs> and we connected. We had a phone call. You happened to be in New York, so it made the phone call a little easier mm-hmm. because you split your time before uh, New York and Connecticut and um, Nigeria in Lagos, actually. So. Yes. Let me allow you to just sort of introduce yourself a little bit. Okay. Uh, so I'm Shola Jai. Uh, I reached out to Susie because she has an amazing film festival uh, <laughs> for people that are using mobile phones. And I wanted to uh, kind of introduce it to the community of young people and creators that I know in Lagos. Uh, so that's how we kind of met and kind of got this relationship started. So thank you so much for being such a, a partner in all of this. 
Um, so I'm a filmmaker. I'm doing a lot of writing right now. Um, but I work as an educator. Um, I work at several schools <laughs> and <laughs> youth organizations. Um, but I also co-run these uh, community spaces in Lagos um, and then work part-time also as a screenwriter. Um, so I split my time between New York and Nigeria, uh, typically. Uh, my family's kind of scattered, so I do a lot of visiting with them as well, but New York and, and Lagos um, uh, split like basically in half and uh, continue to do this work and try <laughs> to make films, teach, and run these community-based uh, organizations at the same time. So it's, uh, it's definitely a lot, um, but I love it. I do. Yeah, and, and you grew up in in New York, and your father was from Nigeria, right? So I grew up, I actually grew up in uh, Miami. So I was born in, in Nigeria, um, and my parents were like, oh, she's three months old, let's go to the United States, you know? <laughs> and um, so they went to the, they came to the U.S., they came to Miami um, in the 1980s, and... Um, they uh, raised my siblings and I uh, in, in Miami, uh, and I slowly started making my way further up north um, as I continued to go to school. So like I went to the University of Central Florida uh, for my first degree, and then I ended up at Boston University for my master's, um, and then I ended up in New York for my second master's. Um, so that's how the uh, journey began. That's... <laughs> Yeah, I'm still, so when, you know, I confirmed with her that she had one master and then she says, no, I have two. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, I'll have two pancakes. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just like so awesome um, that you did that. And mm -hmm. and you were working, uh, you went there to work on, on a film and mm -hmm. you had this really incredible experience yeah. uh, there, this community experience, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, totally. Um, so I went to, so I went to Nigeria um, while I was getting my master's at Boston University. Um, and I went to Nigeria to work on my film, my thesis film. And I ended up shooting two films, which I ended up getting penalized for. Um, but I ended up shooting two films, and one of the films was called um, Champion. And it was basically a script that I had written. Um, another Boston University student worked with me on it. And the story was really about a young boy who suddenly stumbles upon the Tour de France. You know, the, he had never seen it before. Someone had it going on the television. And he was like, I want to do that when I grow up, you know. Um, so this kid is trying to be a cyclist in Nigeria and everyone, I mean, for the most part at that time, uh, people were really focusing on football, like football, which, uh, you know, uh, soccer, um, right. as we know here in the West. Football. Um, football. Uh, yeah, uh, he soccer is the way to go as far as sports uh, in, in Nigeria and in many parts of West Africa. So he was an odd man out, you know, like people are like soccer of all things, like I mean, or cycling of all things, you know. Um, so this kid is, is determined to be a cyclist and he has all these obstacles, you know, facing him, but eventually overcomes them and is able to train for the Tour de France uh, with a team of other Nigerians, um, which is still, I don't think has happened, but cycling has increased a lot since that time. That film, we shot that film in 2007 and this is 2022 and we have tons of cyclists in Nigeria now. So who, who knows, like maybe I was manifesting the Tour de France for Nigerian cyclists, who knows? Um, but but yeah, that might be oh. something else you want to get into since you like starting things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I you know also I, I like helping other people start things too. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so with that film with Champion, um, I had an opportunity to work with a lot of kids in the community that we were shooting in and a lot of community members. Um, and that's kind of how, um, you know, You Are For Africa kind of spiraled into this, this space for uh, Nigerians and African people to kind of collaborate on different projects. We work with kids, we work with schools, um, but it's really an opportunity to kind of bridge the gap for um, people of African descent um, to connect to Africa, you know, and like, collaborate and you know make stuff together you know so um so yeah it's been changing a lot it's been evolving but um i think we're in a good place you know and i'm excited about what we're doing 
I'm just sitting here thinking about, you know, your film was called Champion, right? Yeah. And there, there's so much to that because then you sort of championed uh, you are for Africa mm-hmm. and you were helping all the all the kids and everybody that was collaborated, collaborating with you to feel like champions in the making of your film. Yeah. Yeah. And even like with our so you are for Africa. Um, is based in the U.S. as well, you know, with the trying to bridge this gap. But Public Art Africa is kind of an offshoot of that. Um, and it's basically a creative program that runs in the schools in Nigeria. So the idea is to bring things like the arts, you know, acting, you know, um, filmmaking, uh, you know, all these various aspects of creating into the classroom. Um, so the students can use it as a way to not only um, learn to express themselves, but also to teach other people. Um, so yeah, totally. Like you bring up this this aspect of champion, champion being a way to champion other people um, to uh, feel empowered. I think is um, is a good is a good point to make. Um, but yeah, the idea is to really empower young people. Um, there's not enough of it happening on the continent of Africa, and uh, we just need more of it because these young people are so bright. Um, and so talented, and many of them don't even realize it because they're not given the space to be that, you know. So, and really um, storytelling is is a big part of the culture there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It very much is. Storytelling is a huge part of our culture um, in every aspect. I mean, even if you wanted to spend time on like a platform like Twitter. You know, and you like look up like, you know, uh, like maybe you hashtag Nigeria. You'll just be amazed at like how many Nigerians are using the uh, Twitter platform to really express themselves, to talk about their day to days, to joke, you know, in despite of uh, the challenges that are in the country. Um, it's really amazing. So like, yeah, storytelling is a big part of our culture and has been for many, many years. Yeah, it's a big it's it's a big part of of places that are that have a big emphasis on culture as far as validating their mm-hmm. culture and ancestry and things like that. We don't do enough of that here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. for average people, uh, we we tend to put the you know our ancestors, <laughs> our grandparents and stuff in a home, and right. Then sort of forgetting about them which I think is like the saddest thing in the world because it, it becomes this part of life where the grandparents mm-hmm. share the stories with their grandkids and the grandkids see them as heroes because while they're little growing up they don't get to see that part of them because they're starting to become grandparents you know exactly exactly and like I I think sometimes we don't even think about like it's so wonderful to be able to have our grandparents um with us uh you know living in our homes you know um it's definitely unfortunately something that's going away (laughs) um you know with the advance of like more technology and uh wanting to be a lot like the west you know um but I think sometimes we forget that Um, our grandparents, our our elders, um, are holding a piece of history um, that we we could lose if we don't listen to them and talk to them and let them tell us these stories, you know. Um, But a lot of our history is documented through storytelling, you know, and we don't don't record those things, unfortunately, you know. Um, I think it's getting better now, like people are making efforts to really document um, some of the things that have happened from the perspective of older people, um, especially in Nigeria. Um, But there's just we need just we just need to do more of it, you know, Um, need to do more documenting. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Part of my fascination with storytelling, I don't know if I shared this with you uh, before, but um, part of that had to do with you know, when I was little growing up, I was living in Spain. Uh, my mm. father was American, but my mom is from Spain. And my grandmother um, lived with us. Uh, I guess my grandfather died while my mom was a teenager. Got it. And whenever we were living there, she came to live with us. And um, my grandmother would just be sitting there staring out the window, sort of lost in her memories, right? Mm. And I remember 
wanting to cheer. That was my nature. (laughs) (laughs) Wanting to cheer people up around me. Um, And all I had to do was, hey, hey, grandma, share a story with me. You know, tell me a story. And she would just light up. And I learned from that very young age how important it is and how empowering it is mm-hmm. to not only to listen to the stories, but to, to express your stories, you know? Yeah, and totally. so I think that's a very, very valid thing. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, um, it's a missed opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's happening all over the world. It's sad. all over the world, all over the world, you know, um, What's great is that our grandparents are living longer, right? But even with that, um, I don't think we take enough advantage of the fact that this time that we have with them and the the experiences that they've had, you know, over the last like 60 plus, 70 plus years. I mean, they're, they have seen things, you know what I mean? Things that we may never see, you know? Um, and I think sometimes we don't, I, I love talking to my grandmother. We don't speak the same language. She speaks um yoruba and uh a specific dialect and um i can hear it uh but i can't speak it um but she tells amazing stories she talks about what life was like for her when she was a kid you know and i'm like oh did you play games and she's like i was working you know and i'm like working at like the age of eight like what do you mean you know and she just really explained how different it was you know what i mean and um, it was just so different. You, you couldn't even think about just being a kid, you know, and it's just like how, how lucky we are, you know, to have had the opportunity to at least have a childhood, you know, and um, it's just a reminder, you know, um, about uh, what to be grateful for um, and to realize how lucky we are. Um, but yeah, she, she definitely saw some things. She definitely experienced some things, but she was, she's so strong so strong you know uh i'm just in awe of her um completely Um, yeah and i think it's i think i think it's really ends up being in the hands of the parents right the Mm -hmm. the the in-between people right yeah that are that that need to realize that because you know it's such a tough time to raise kids as totally totally totally, you know but you know, and uh, you hear parents complaining about, oh, they just don't get this. They just don't get that. Or right. I don't have enough time to to teach them this or that. But there's the grandparents and their stories and their perspective can bring a really educational value to the kids. I feel like we're lecturing everyone. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> People so. are like, bah. <laughs> so all right so let's let's move on to nollywood why don't you share what nollywood is uh you know for our listeners who may not know what that is yeah i'm so surprised that so many people don't don't know what nollywood is still you know what i mean so this is yeah. a so nollywood is um an aspect of nigerians nigeria's film industry so it is our version of hollywood Um, And just like in the U.S., uh, you know, it's more so on like high profile, high budget uh, projects, you know, that are marketed to the majority of Nigerians. Um, They tend to have the same themes and topics, unfortunately, uh, which is really, really crazy. It almost feels like it shouldn't be Hollywood as an industry, but I mean, sorry, it shouldn't be Nollywood as an industry, but more so as a genre. Um, but they have Nollywood, they have new Nollywood, you know, to kind of, um, uh, oh, really? kind of, what, okay. So what's the difference between Nollywood and new Nollywood? I feel like I'm doing a tongue twister now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so with Nollywood, like, I think Nollywood is like number two, you know, it's Hollywood, Nollywood, and then Bollywood, or it might be number three. I think it fluctuates between those numbers for a <laughs> second and third. But, um, Nollywood is the original Nollywood were films that, Um, basically, if you really look at them, they were experiments, you know what I mean? People taking up cameras, you know, um, especially because handy cams had just come out in the early 1900s, I mean, the early 1990s, the 1990s. Uh, so people were getting their hands on handy cams, you know, so people were like, oh, I have this camera, let's shoot something, you know, so some people were like shooting these feature films in one day, you know, um, and they were using special effects, like we have our own version of Spider-Man, you know, from back then, and, um, 
you could tell that they people kind of were like mimicking influenced. Hollywood movies, right? Yes. Yeah. A lot of it was mimicking early on. A lot of it was mimicking, but it started to change, you know, as people uh, started to get a better grasp of the uh, film, of film techniques and storytelling uh, for film. Uh, that's when you start to see this change, you know, that it starts to become our own thing. Um, and that's kind of like where new Nollywood comes in and new Nollywood are like films coming out like between the t like 2010 to now, you know, really focusing on like production, really focusing on acting, you know. Um, so you kind of see like uh, the new Nollywood films are a little glossy, glossier, um, and they try to stay away from a lot of the like the old themes of old Nollywood, you know. So a lot of the old themes of old Nollywood were about you know, a village girl coming to the big city, you know, um, and she uses jazz to um, seduce her uh, sister's husband. Do you know what I mean? So there's <laughs> elements of mysticism, yeah. you know, there's elements of, of drama because of these relationships and these power dynamics, you know. Um, so but with New Nollywood, you still have the, the same kind of drama, um, but maybe we're staying away from the mysticism like we don't see so much. And jazz is basically like like, um, you know, a form of voodoo, you know, like using magic, you know, to get what you want. Um, so there's a lot of like people, husbands cheating on their wives before. and. Oh, you've never heard of it before? No, I've never heard of jazz being uh, mysticism. I, I study, I remember I was infatuated with my music courses, um, mm -hmm. the history of music. Yeah. You know, and it involved things like, you know, um, when slaves were taken to, to Cuba mm -hmm. and uh, Puerto Rico, I think it was, Santeria and the yeah, religion Brazil. stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. and to hide you know, to make it seem like it was Christianity, but it, you know, technically wasn't and things like that. But I, I never heard that part about the jazz. Yeah. So jazz. So there's a lot of names for it. But like the common ones now that we use to describe something like voodoo, uh, we have juju. That's J-U-J-U. -U, um, and then we have jazz, you know. Um, so that's what people that's the, the newer lingo to describe it. Um but uh, but yeah, and people very much still believe in it. You know, it's a it's a it's a phenomenon. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's not so much the part of the storytelling of of New Nollywood. You know, New Nollywood is feels more like soap operas, kind of, I guess. Um, mm. And it's like uh, I mean, there are some really great movies coming out of Nigeria, but they definitely don't fall into the New Nollywood um, category. I don't think. Um, I've been watching uh, for the last, I think three or four years or something now, uh, a lot of uh, movies on Netflix and things mm -hmm. like that. And yep. would those be considered uh, Nollywood movies or new Nollywood, I should say? Or? I mean, I guess it depends on what films you're watching. Like yeah. Glamour Girls might be considered new Nollywood. It's very much a... <laughs> uh, like kind of a soap opera-ish um, yeah. film. Um but then, uh, what other films? Because I've been there? watching some really serious ones that tell stories that are kind of hardship uh, situations. You know, um, I'm trying to remember one. I can't remember the name right now mm -hmm. because this happens when you're talking in the moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, there was one about a little boy who, it, it's a brother and a sister. Mm-hmm. And um, their house is uh, basically in a village and their mother gets killed. Um, they get invaded, right, uh, mm -hmm. by the police mafia or whatever, you know, that, that there are there. And they're running away and trying to survive and trying to uh, come to the United States or, or another. I can't remember where. And then the little sister gets killed and the boy is all by himself, all by himself. And he ends up sneaking into an airplane. It was such an incredible story and mm. the acting and everything. Um, but the, the whole story takes place as this, you know, this poor little orphaned kid um, who had a really happy lifestyle. You know, yeah. it was just, you know. Mm -hmm. um how it they got torn apart like that and um yeah i i just can't remember it was the name of the little boy um 
and uh, you know it was all you know in captions and things like that but it was a really great film and i was oh, surprised. Wow. i was like i would give this film like an oscar you know yeah um, that's great i'm sure the people would be so happy to hear about uh you know that they that this was an oscar worthy film you know that came out of out of nigeria you know yeah, I, and I just, I just don't, I just can't remember the name. But there are many films like that now, more and more. Mm-hmm. And I, I love them because the acting is just super incredible. By the way. Yeah, uh, um, I'm trying to think of what that movie might be. I haven't, I haven't, I don't have an idea of what that movie is. But like, <laughs> uh, if I, if I was to uh, kind of give you an example of like a Nollywood as opposed to uh, or a new Nollywood as opposed to like other films that are coming out. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of um, what can I use as an example? Shola, Shola, Shola. Mukalik. Um, that's a film about a young boy whose parents sent him to learn how to be a mechanic. Um, so I would consider that, I wouldn't consider that like a new Nollywood film. Um, but what I would consider a new Nollywood film would be like Glamour Girls or Sugar Rush, um, the Bling Lagotians. Um, and I just think the storytelling, um, in these films, the production value is great. Um, the storytelling on the, in the, a lot of these films, um, are just like, uh, they're, they're drama, but, um, I don't know. They, I don't think they highlight the best sides of us. You know what I mean? Um, so they, they kind of feel generic. Um, but, but um, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, but Mukalik, I think, is a really, really interesting film. Um, it just showcases a, a different community of people um, and in a way that's interesting. Uh, and um, there are other films. I'm gonna. What I'll do is that I'll just like list, like share a list of films. I'm like, oh, check this out. Oh, another one that's really good is Omo Ghetto. Um, really, really well done. Um, I was really surprised by that film, uh, and that film made me want to watch more Nigerian films. Um, so, so yeah, I'll give you like yeah. a list that you can like put on the put on your website. <laughs> um, another really good one is called Olo Ture. Um, and it's basically about an undercover reporter, uh, like uh, kind of investigating uh, prostitution in Nigeria. Man, crazy harsh, movie. Though. Is that yeah. harsh or yeah? Yeah, I mean, it just it just showed the realities of what a lot of women have to go through, like sex trafficking, all of that stuff, and um, uh, and how a lot of women are not protected, uh, especially, I mean, but I mean, that's everywhere, you know, not just Nigeria, but it just, it really, no one really talks about it. And it was nice to see it, um, explored in a film. So nice. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to mobile filmmaking. I, yes. I, you know, uh, now, so, uh, when, in regards to mobile filmmaking, how popular is that? I mean, when we spoke, it was 2018, Mm-hmm. And you were bringing this concept um, with your students, um, I'm sure from the beginning at least, right? Yeah, yes, yes, totally. And I've had students actually, I've had several students shoot full-length films with their phones. Like, it's And when you make full-length, full <laughs> you mean like feature-length films? Yeah, feature-length. I mean, nice. I would say like an hour. Let me not give them the, the well, whole hour and 20, but uh, an hour-long film. <laughs> Um, well, technically, they start at 40 minutes, according to... Nice. Know, but, uh, so yeah, they've been making <laughs> feature... Everybody's debating that online. You know, 40 minutes shouldn't count, but that's that's the standard minimum set for what qualifies. For mobile films? No, for, for feature films in the industry. Oh, really? In the film industry, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's why in 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 our film festival, I started at you know, 40 minutes because, well, for one thing, yeah, that's, that's okay with a mobile film, but it, it's just, it's, that's the actual reason. But then I, I go to two hours. I mean, I, I can't see showing a three hour Lord of the Rings on a mobile film festival. <laughs> um, mm, but, yeah, I get that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, the mobile filmmaking that your students are doing, because that's, that's really that's really cool. I didn't know that they were making you know an hour long film. With yeah, phone. so basically, uh, so you know, 
I think the the appeal of mobile filmmaking is the access more so to film than to cameras. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So the students are, and that's what's great about, you know, uh, young people in Nigeria, especially, and I guess all over Africa and everywhere, but um, they're just really resourceful, you know? So, like, they are didn't limit themselves by being, oh, I need, like, a red camera, you know, to shoot this story. You know, they used their phones to do it. They were really creative. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, oh, my gosh, I've forgotten their names. Um, oh, no. Because you're catching on my virus of forgetting. <laughs> no, I, I was like, oh, no, what is that film that um, Chris Hensworth was in? Breakable or something? Oh. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? That was so popular on Netflix. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of them, but I know which one you're talking about. It was filmed there, wasn't Or was it filmed there? No, no, no. I think he he was he filmed that in. Um, oh, that's what it was. Extraction. It was Extraction yes. was the film. Yes. So he so this film came out Extraction and these kids in Nigeria made a film oh, about that's it. Like right. they, the, they, do you remember? They, Yes, it was like side to side, and they were yeah. mimicking the, they were the called old the, Nollywood style, right? Yeah, Ikora Du Boys. That's what they called themselves. Yeah. Um, and they, they it's just a, a perfect example of like young people like taking whatever resources they do and have and being really creative about it. So uh, my students, uh, they have made films about things like rape, you know, like a lot of like PSA type films, you know, to really kind of spread awareness about certain topics, um, yeah. which is really, really encouraging, you know, and that's without my, um, you know, advice, like, hey, you should do it. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. uh, their own choice and the own, their own stories that they want to tell. And I think that that's really what's really powerful about being able to use your phone in that way, you know. Um, now, a lot of these films that, that they're doing... Like, I don't know if you, when you were a kid, you did this or not, but we used to put on these mock plays after dinner, you know, for our parents and, you know, their friends and stuff. Yeah. You know, after, like, here while you're having your coffee and dessert or whatever. Yep. <laughs> we, the kids. <laughs> yep, we're going to put on our own version of, yeah. like, Sound of Music. We used to do that yeah. in my house. I don't know if we were that good, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> we right? had fun, you know? Yeah. And the parents loved it. And, mm -hmm. um, I think it was like an old, um, I'm trying to remember some old, uh, I think it was like little rascals or something like that. Like one of the oldest ones where they would put a performance in their, in their neighborhood. Mm. And they were pretending to put on a play or something yeah, like that. But, yeah. but by pretending, because common. this is what we're doing in film and in theater and all that. We're literally, and it's called play, right? <laughs> we're pretending. It's all pretend and make-believe. So it's perfect for kids and for young people. So I, what I'm getting to <laughs> with this <laughs> is when they're, when they're showing these films, because now they have a phone, they can literally just kind of group up together and watch it on, on a notebook or on their phone, right? Right, right. Um, so how are they? I, I don't want to say distribute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, mean, I don't even think they're thinking about distrib distribution. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I guess that's the thing that's really interesting, and that's what's so. Well, that's why your festival is so important. You know what I mean? Because you create platforms for them to be like, oh, I could submit my film here. You know, um, so and a lot of them are not the, just getting it done. Um, uh, and, you, I mean, you know that these kids are, like, so uh, savvy on social media, right? So right. the hope is that they'll get Need enough likes, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can hire, You could um, get enough likes. Maybe someone will be like, oh, I like this film you made. Come and act for me, you know? So they use it to showcase their talents as well. Yeah. Um, but distribution, like, very few of them are thinking in that direction, you know? And, and I think that that's the case for a lot of people in Nigeria, not the, just these kids and their mobile phones, but even people that work in film. Like, it's hard to think about, like, oh, if I submit this somewhere, this could open more doors for me than trying to just quickly make a film and quickly make money off of it. You know what I mean? So we haven't gotten into... I mean, sure, there are a lot of um, filmmakers, uh, you know, that are trying to get their films seen in festivals, you know, but the majority of filmmakers are thinking about how do I make money off of this, you know? 
um, so I can go and make the next one and make money off of that, you know. Um, and, and it's a show off thing, too, that I didn't think about when I started this. You know what I'm saying? I was like, mm-hmm. I just want films from everywhere. I just want to give this. Per- uh, it wasn't really all about the films. It was right. the opportunity. Right. Right. That people right. from other countries have because, you know, when I was growing up in Spain, my little friends, right, would be like, oh, because your dad's American and you get to go and you get to, you know, do this American thing. And, you know, can we come to your house and eat Jello? Like they didn't oh, have it. Jello, you know, things like that. And I thought about that, like, well, I just want to, I mean, I want them to, I want to open the door for them from here, right? But what I didn't think about, and somebody had to point that out, is do you realize what it's like to be in Italy or in Africa or in Iraq or wherever and to say my film is playing in San Diego where they make like these big movies there, you know. And San Diego is like such a popular city. I mean, they they show it off in a lot of movies. They say, oh, San Diego, right? Everybody knows where it is, like New York, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a big deal. And we're also literally a stone's throw away from L.A., right? Hollywood. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So for them, you know, it's like like when I spoke with you the first time, it's like for sure, you know, and if they can if you can somehow bring them over here, you know, to San Diego to experience the film festival in person, you know, it would be fantastic. Uh, but then all this other stuff happened like COVID and the pandemic. I know. <laughs> Just put a, a wrench in everything, you know? Yeah. Uh, kind of studied the upcline, like uptick of, uh, of, I guess, access, you know? It's just crazy. And and speaking of that, how is that affecting, you know, the whole everything that's happening right now with the economy, the supply mm. issues and all of that? How is that affecting their access to filmmaking not only opportunities, but gear and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges for us in Nigeria is that we don't make our own stuff. (laughs) So the supply issue is a big issue, you know. Um, I mean, what's great is that people have access to rent equipment, you know what I mean? But as far as, like, buying equipment, you know, it's not that easy. And, of course, because of that, because there's not um, an influx of, uh, equipment coming into the country, you know, because of the, the stalling of, of creating and developing, uh, products to get to the country as far as shipping, um, uh, everything else is really expensive. Like the price of things have gone up, like the price of a charger for your, your batteries has gone up, you know, let alone the cameras and the lenses, you know what I mean? Oh, um, and then there's a limited supply for renting because usually you wouldn't have a hundred people trying to rent the same thing. Exactly. But now, but now you do, right? Exactly. So you have to worry about renting. You have to worry about like making sure you can get the equipment when you need it. Um, so there's different things. Like what's great is that a lot of uh, these productions own their own equipment, you know, so they don't have to worry that much about renting. But then for those people that don't own their equipment, they have to worry about renting. Um, they have to worry that the, the you know, equipment doesn't break, you know, because it's not something that you can easily just drive to Best Buy and be like, oh, hey, this broke and I need, you know what I mean? It's like right. uh, not down the street. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, COVID has affected a lot of things. Um, in Nigeria specifically. What about shipping? Um, yeah, I mean, we can't even talk about, <laughs> about shipping. Um, I mean, it's bad, shipping huh? overseas, hard, terrible, really hard to do. Um, shipping within the country, I mean, it just, it just, the unfortunate thing for us is that, like, if we really wanted to kind of um, pull ourselves out of COVID, you know, this COVID situation, um, making our own stuff would have been the best thing, you know. Um, but because of, because our country is a big import country, we import everything for the most part. We don't have the factories to make even toothpicks. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we, we lean a lot on the fact that other countries have to ship stuff to us and other countries are behind, you know what I mean? As far as like what they can get out to people. So, and I'm very sure that like Nigeria is not a priority for some of these countries, countries, you know, unfortunately not. But but at the same time, like we talked about this before, the resourcefulness. Yeah. And that's the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. I mean, 
there's tons of movies that are still coming out. I mean, if you go on 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 Google right now and type in Nollywood Netflix films, you'll see that there's movies that have come out on 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. You know what I mean? So yeah. obviously people are still making, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think well, that's the, the cool thing, too, with the Internet. Yes, I guess it is the cool thing with the Internet, you know. Um, people are still able to figure it out, you know, even with the lack of access. So, yeah, it's just a matter of, of finding, finding the, the platforms and, you know, like we just finally had our in-person film festival, uh, this last April. And so, and we're planning, you know, next, next April and things like that. And, you know, there's not, um, it, it's. It's not easy to put on a film festival of this type because they don't get the attention that traditional film festivals get Get, when it comes to sponsorships and, you know, all that stuff. Um, But it's the the whole purpose of it, though, isn't about that. It's it's about opening the door and giving these opportunities to people uh, globally, not just locally. And I, I think a lot of people miss that, you know, that hey we're talking about something that brings great stories and great talents and skills together um in film from from many different places that you wouldn't otherwise experience and i think that that's what's really amazing about your festival right is that like you have films coming from everywhere you know everywhere and you've just created a platform for people who may not have the access to like really nice cameras and really nice lights and sound equipment, you know, but are still able to put a story together that like touches and impacts people, you know, so kudos to you for putting it on every year, you know, because I know that it's not easy, you know, and, um, you know, getting the funding, you know, and just the respect, you know, uh, to put on such an event, you know. Um, but it's always great to see the pictures. It's always great to see who comes, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, I really, I think, and I, and I'm, I'm praying um, that uh, more and more people stumble upon your festival because it's, it's, it's amazing what the festival has been doing over these last few years and the access that it, the opportunities that it's created for makers to have their film seen because otherwise like what's the point of making them if people are not seeing them you know oh um, oh, we should bring that up for a second here speaking of getting your your film seen you know who's gonna see the short films uh shola she's gonna be one of the judges for the second time yes Yes. for a second time i enjoyed watching the films the last time, you know, um, there were some We're talking really about great someone projects. with two degrees, two <laughs> masters, two everything, uh, two brains and intelligence and uh, uh, great talent and skill for the film industry who gets to watch your films. Yeah, it's really exciting. Really, really exciting. Some talented people in the world, man. Including just you, need the opportunities. Sure. Yeah, and you too, Susie. Well... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're well. Well, I'm ahead here. Um, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to also just have, um, you know, you you were talking about uh, how you were talking about, you know, the mobile filmmaking there. How how big is the attraction to mobile filmmaking? Do you think in the entire region in Africa? Oh, that is hard to say. Um, Especially because Nigeria is so big. <laughs> Nigeria is so big. But I did want to tell you that um, one of the filmmakers I've worked with, I've written for him, um, he made a film that did very well at film festivals on his phone. Um, it's called Tokumbo. Um, so I'll share the link with you. I think you're going to love it. It is such a powerful film. Um, and it looks great. Uh, and I wish that like I knew him so that I, when he was making this, so I could be like, hey, submit to Susie's Film Festival. You know what I mean? Oh, well, he still um, can. He still can, even with, the, you know, it's been a few years since the film was made. I don't um, care. I mean, look, here's, okay. here's the value I can even of connect this. You guys. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's the value of it. It's one, it's a story. And mm-hmm. two, if it was shot with the phone, as long as everything else qualifies. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't imagine... 
uh, why wouldn't be allowed? As a matter of fact, we've had filmmakers, you know, come. I remember this guy in Australia, Brian Hennings. He came one year, right? And he didn't win, but he made a pretty good film. The second year, he made sure that he made it and that he submitted it. And then he came to the film festival. The second year, right? Mm -hmm. He wins. He wins. Oh, that's he awesome. totally wins. And he was Such stoked. Such a great story. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so I tell people, if you win, because I have no hand in it. Uh, right. You know, it's all you guys, the judges. So if the judges say you win and, and they don't know, you know what I mean? And yeah, totally. it's all about, you know, the film. For me, it's more about the filmmaker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's because, about you. <laughs> yeah, because, um, because you don't just, as a filmmaker, you don't just make one. Right. You know, and I want to be a part of that growth, you know, like with this other guy, you know, he made such a much better film, you know, the second time. And that's happened with many mobile filmmakers. You know, a lot of filmmakers who are making movies with a phone jump in, you know, it's like jumping into the water, <laughs> not to swim with sharks, but yeah. they jump into the water without knowing how to swim, really. And they create some pretty decent films they're just not good enough but they're good enough to participate and you don't want to kill that spark you really don't because yeah, it's supposed to be if, inspired right yes and so you encourage them you know and you tell them all the great things and you you know all these things and then they go out and they make another one and they learn so much from the first one And the third time they learned so much from the second time. And right. it's not it's not like they have to gather, you know, twenty thousand dollars to make a film. Mm -hmm. And then they go out and they make an incredible film. You know, I and you're it. going, Yeah, because they were inspired and they weren't only inspired because, you know, because I told them it was good and they have the talent. They're inspired because they inspire themselves. A lot of people don't realize you can inspire yourself. Right, right. You know, and so with filmmaking, true. you know, that's that's the thing to do. You're constantly learning and then you do that. And yeah, it's that combination of the quality of your film, the audio too. Guys, I always emphasize that. <laughs> um, and um, hey, I, I have a question. I was yep. thinking about this the other day. So I was thinking about how we're constantly looking for, you know, the better microphones and things like that for video. And I was thinking, you know what? I need to rethink this. I went all out looking for a way to connect a microphone way back in the day, uh, XLR shotgun mic onto my little iPhone, mm -hmm. right? And I spent so much time doing that. And then, yeah. uh, you know, and everybody else keeps, you know, talking about that. But when I work, when you work, when you're doing video production, you do that, you know, you connect, you use, you don't use external audio recording gear to, yeah. to create the sound because you're not layering it upon layer and sound effects and all those things. You're just, you know, you're recording an interview and B-roll and, you know, maybe a narrator later or whatever, but you're not really doing that with film though. When you're making films, I think what I want to share, you know, I wanted to get your input for our listeners. Forget it. Just just think about external recording. Right? Mm -hmm. Because that way, because you've made a film too, mm -hmm. um, that way you have the best audio recording you can get. Possible, so if there's yeah. one person that you should have on your team, for sure, is a good sound mixer, right? Totally, totally. I mean, even like if you can um, use two phones, you know what I mean? Use one mm -hmm. phone for, you know, your video recording and then the second phone for like audio, you know, and get mics hooked up to it and all that great stuff, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's creative, option. but I think, mm -hmm. I think if you're, if you're, if you go out and buy, you know, like an HN6 or an HM4 or whatever, you know, the Zoom recorders, right. even if you get something like that, And you hook up a nice XLR microphone to it, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, like a shotgun mic or whatever. You're, you're going to get better sound than you can with fiddling around looking for. Because a lot of newer microphones that are made for the phone, they still don't have that quality audio that you need, you know, 
um, to get that file for for your sound for your video editor mm. to put out cinematic. You know what I'm saying? Audio equipment. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it for video production. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Yes, you can use another phone. You can use a lab. You can use just about mm-hmm. anything. You can right. tweak it. Exactly. And I'm just thinking, like, it's a, those recorders are... I mean, yes, if they're producing a, a project, like, in a place like, like in the States, for example, um, right. a Zoom mic or, or a Zoom recorder or a Tascam would probably be, like, the best bet, right? Um, yeah. But no one's really using recorders like that <laughs> over there in Nigeria. Um, I don't think I've seen a Tascam. Have I seen any, on any productions? You know, and they're um, so and they're really not that expensive. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty. Um, they're, they're cheaper pretty than a phone. Powerful <laughs> little little devices, you know. Um, but people have like two or three phones. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people we're talking about the difference there. between yeah, making film films and and making and getting creative to make a film, right? right yeah, to, yeah. Totally. To show your talent and skill, but I just think a lot of I've, you know, from my perspective, probably yours too as a judge. Um, yeah, I just, I just think that's a, that's something to remember how good the audio is. Cause I've, I've seen films that have great visuals, you know, and the mm-hmm. quality of their video is great, but then the audio just broke them, Suffered. you know, it's like, yeah. and people yeah, are totally. really not forgiving to the, and I've had the, I, I rarely see the opposite happen where they have wonderful audio but then the video is really bad. But if they did, people are more forgiving to the video than they are to the audio. Yeah. It's a good point. So, so, point. so, okay. So I kind of want to uh, wrap this up uh, yeah. on a good note. It was uh, been fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, what advice would you give as, as a judge and as an educator in, in film? Uh, to our listeners when it comes to uh, making movies and make, turning stories into films? Yeah, um, I think one of the things, because a lot of what I've been focusing on has been writing lately, um, and I know a lot of people are like, um, I hate my writing, I don't think I'm good at that. Di- Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'm good mm-hmm. with dialogue, um, my scenes are not strong. Um, I don't think that people realize that like even like your first draft will still need work. Your second draft will still need work. Um, And I think that people need to know that uh, I want to encourage people to uh, keep writing. You know what I mean? Keep writing. You know, so many people get discouraged with with their first draft, you know, that they stop. It's really crazy. Um, So to make sure that these stories get told. I wonder why they do that. Yeah, why discouraged. Do you I know why you I know do what it. I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Because not believing in yourself, you know. Well, the, the mistake I enough. always make is I don't have some sort of an outline first. I just mm, start writing. Okay, when you write, yeah. Yeah, and then I get all into it. And by the time I put so much energy into that whole, wow, I'm just going to write. You know, the yeah. story is just coming alive in my head that if I don't finish it all in one blow, right? What I mean, you know what I mean? Then it's really hard to go back and refine it because you spent all your passion and your energy on that one first draft. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like, that's why it's really important. Like if, if you have the opportunity to join a writing group, definitely do it. Cause they, those are the people that will encourage you, you know? Um, but my thing too, is that like, uh, the writing process, you know, like if you want to write, then you should be writing consistently. Um, and it doesn't have to be a feature, you know, you could write 10 pages, you could write five, but just write, you know? And I, I think that people, um, don't give themselves a chance, you know, they, they get so discouraged, especially like if you write your script and you spend time on it and you're like, oh, no one, no one wants to shoot this, or I submitted it somewhere and it didn't win. You know, it's just you submitted it at one place and it didn't win. You know, just imagine if you submitted it at more places, or you sat in a, in a, a writer's room and they gave you feedback about like what you can make stronger. You know what I mean? But I think it's important for us to um, remember to write and also to share. You know, um, I know I know a lot of people are worried about their ideas getting stolen and so on and so forth, and rightly so. You know. Um, so copyright your shit, 
cop oh copyrighted copyright okay. your project <laughs> and um you know so that you have a little bit of that protection but you know the whole point of writing in the first place the story in the first place is for people to experience it and and, and have the opportunity to meet these characters in this world that you've created um and if you're not sharing it then what's the point you know what i mean um so so yeah, yeah i want to encourage you. people to keep I writing yeah, totally get it right. And uh, one thing that Steven Peterson um, uh, shared with us, um, he's a writer, but he's professional, mm -hmm. uh, films on Netflix and everything. And he says, nice. if you write with the, with the intention of making a mobile film, that film mm. will be made. Nice. I like that. Because if you think about that, you know, it's like, yeah, if I'm writing for a mobile film as opposed to like this big... Nollywood film, <laughs> yeah. uh, then you you have a chance of making sure that someone will make your film, maybe even you. Right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I so. love that. I, I've been quoting him a lot. Oh, good. <laughs> just That's because of that, because I just it really hit home. It's like, yeah. what a, you know, what a way to put it. It's so true. Don't put a plane crash into your story because... <laughs> <laughs> That's going to take that a lot. It costs money, you know? Yes. But, I mean, even if they do, like, you can get... You can do tons of stuff with, like, found footage and online stuff and stock footage, you know, well, so... Well, you can show the before and after, you know, yeah, there's all exactly. this creativity. But don't, don't write for a, an actual, you know... <laughs> you know, like that movie with Tom Hanks, you know, where there's where they crashed a plane. I forgot the name of that when he Is crashes cast? on the island. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, cast, uh, cast Away. Castaway, yeah. uh, in oh, that movie Tom. that had the, the most incredible <laughs> plane crash. I've seen another one since then, a newer film, and I can't remember what that one is. But anyways, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> do so, not. Do not. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and Thank I appreciate you, that you that you did this. Thank I you also for have to publicly <laughs> thank you for. Um, uh, introducing me to some of your students in uh, at the college in uh, oh, yeah. uh, Ithaca. Yeah, Ithaca, Ithaca College. Ithaca. Yeah, I knew I was going to mispronounce something here today. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a great that was a great experience for me, and your students were incredible. And you're you're a great teacher, very oh, respectable. You, so. Yeah, thank you, Susie. I appreciate that. And thank you for saying yes. You know what I mean? The hard part is actually getting people to come out and talk to them. You know, people are, I know people are very busy. I know you're busy. So I really, really appreciate the fact that you set aside time to, to speak with them about the festival and also just answer questions and encourage them, you know, because they need encouragement. We have a lot of makers that are um, not so confident in themselves. So um, sometimes they need some encouragement. Yeah, and it feels good. It's it's part of my job personally to do that. You know, yeah. I, I I speak to people randomly sometimes about this stuff even if I'm just going out running an errand and stopping at a coffee shop or something because you never know. You never exactly. know who you're influencing with that and and that's that's important. Thing. That's more important than anything else really, quite honestly. So I agree with that. I agree. <laughs> All right. It's well, important. say Say goodbye to our list. Oh, wait, before we do that, uh, okay. where can they find you? Oh, um, they can find me on Instagram. Um, it's uh, underscore Shoals, S-H-O-L-E-S, -E um, on Instagram. So that might be the best way to reach out to me. Um, I don't post that often, but I do check messages. Uh, and then what? And you can check out our website, youareforafrica.com and uh, publicartafrica.org for the youth organization in case anyone wants to, to work with some kids. Um, and you, you are for Africa is spelled you, the letter U. Mm -hmm. The letter the R. R. Yeah. The number four and then Africa.com. Yeah. And then that's public kind art of important Africa to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then public art Africa is just public art Africa. Um, right. If you org. can't spell that, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you no, are but we'll put links unique. to that in the, in the notes as well. I just, you know, for people who don't go down to look at the notes for whatever reason, maybe they're driving, maybe they're doing laundry or something. Um, uh, I just wanted you to shout that out for everybody. And speaking of shout outs, why don't you say um, one 
give a shout out to one special person uh, that you want to give a shout out here tonight. One special someone. I'll do Mrs. Ajayi. Um, my mom. She's pretty, she's pretty amazing, that lady. Um, and she understands the dream. <laughs> and uh, she gets it. She just, she gets it. So I appreciate her. I appreciate her, too, because you're here because of her. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'll tell her you said so. You know, I'll tell her you said so. <laughs> All right. Okay, so now say goodbye to our listeners. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.